All right, I'm hitting the big green button, which right. isn't actually big or green. <laughs> All right, so far, so good. So hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast Twitch stream. I am Michael, and I will be your host tonight for Detention Live, back in living full color, maybe? Uh, just keeping an eye on that CPU usage thing here at the bottom, but we seem to be streaming. So joining me Where tonight is Michael. Hello. And Brad. Hey, everybody. How you doing? So, again, it's been a long time since we've been able to do these. My internet really sucks in southeastern Kentucky. It's gotten a smidge better. We're hoping this will work. Uh, but if you're new, this is your first time coming to detention. This is a more of a laid-back, casual atmosphere. We chat about role-playing game stuff, some other stuff. We do some silly improv games. We have a good time. And we hopefully interact with chat. So if anybody wants to jump in and say hi and talk to us, uh, that absolutely makes things go by so much better. And absolutely. I'm trying to move some things around. I'm so, so glad that you're in prison now. Look at that back wall. I love you it. Like, okay, so see what just happened. It's great that the warden let you set up the RPG Academy <laughs> you <like that? laughs> banner and all the equipment. He's a real yeah, fan. Of, he's a real I, fan of the show. I have to say, there's been some uh, favors passed between us. Oh, very yeah. nice, very nice. Yeah, but overall, uh, so you you're still trying to figure out a catacomb, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I did. VIP for life. <laughs> VIP for life, warden. Uh, so one thing I will mention before we get started is uh, it's been a while, so I wanted to mention this that we are still having a giveaway. Uh, when we get to 500 Twitch followers we're going to give away a copy of the D rule cyclopedia last count we were at 423 so we're not that far away uh this is like about a 30 dollar value currently on draft through rpg but i basically it's a printing print copy it's not a PO, pod copy that's what i'm looking for so it's not an original this is a print on demand copy through draft through rpg uh but we're going to give that away to somebody if and when we get to 500 followers uh so the first thing we usually like to do here is uh, a what you're drinking segment. But I'm honestly not sure about the legalities of that anymore. There's been some confusion, so we're not going to do that one anymore. Just assume that you're drinking water or pop of some sort. Uh, so we're actually going to start with introductions, I guess. So Brad, tell everybody who you are and how they might know you or where they could get a hold of you if they want to get to know you better after this. Hey, everybody. My name is Brad. I'm also at Force and Destiny. Um, I people can get to know me through Twitter or the fantastic discord server that we have. Um, you may know me from previous podcasts such as dark discovery or the variety of one shots that we have run. Um, Ghostbusters, star Wars, uh, and the everyone's favorite terrible RPG episode that we did. Um, that was also a good one. Were you part of the no. Marvel one that we did? You were, right? I was not, though. I did laugh the entire time I listened to it. Oh, okay, okay. Because I thought I had you both in that one. No, Nick. That was Nick. Ah, vocal glitter. Vocal it was glitter. just Nick, really, in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> sound wave. Sound wave. I think oh, that was, was it sound, something, the sound shield or something like that. I don't remember. But he, he had a normal speaking voice. That was his power. <laughs> was a typical speaking voice. <laughs> Excellent. All right. And then the Michael. Hello. Um, you know me if you are friends with me. Um, and uh, you can. We don't really know him. Yeah, it's I, a lie. No. You do. We've slept in this. We've slept in the same bed together <laughs> too many times. Asses yes. to elbows, my friends. Asses yes. to elbows. <laughs> As is Gen Con. 
or yeah, any when other I'm con. sleeping, I lose track, so I'm not. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I end up upside down. Um, so, <laughs> I've been on a couple episodes. I'm on this a lot of stuff in the background, um, uh, doing uh, show stuff, and also helping support the RPG Academy through Acadicon, which is the convention that we do once a year in Dayton, Ohio. Come to it. It's amazing. It's the best little con you'll ever go to. Yep. Kickstarter uh, for that to go in live later this month. Yeah, it'll be fun. I can't wait. It's, it's my favorite convention that's not Gen Con because in Dayton. I said it's the best convention in Dayton that weekend. <laughs> that's you're very specific. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I want someone to come at me and try to like. There's probably some other little tiny convention we know nothing about. All I'm right. not going to tell you my Twitter because I don't want you messaging me because I don't want to get on Twitter. But I'm on the RPG Academy Discord, and that's really where you should be, anyways. So. That's true. Michael does hate Twitter. It's, yeah. it's virtually impossible to get him to respond. I just, you know, I'm not. I don't care what people ate for dinner. That's, <laughs> that's, that's not Twitter anymore. That's Instagram now. I think that's I inst- you're right. That's Instagram. Yeah, I can't keep up. I'm like 80 years old. Yeah, I have <laughs> a very. I, I call my Twitter feed very carefully and aggressively. Yeah. Uh, so I'm very much RPG stuff. I'm very much film stuff, and I'm currently politics stuff, but only of a certain leaning. But we don't need to get into that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we're going to start with our extracurricular, and this is again just a way to kind of get to know us a little bit better, know each other a little bit better. This is kind of like what we've been up to lately. This can be anything: a book we've read, a movie we've seen, music we're listening to, a new video game, whatever. Anything you want to bring to the table that you just think would be fun to share and talk about for a few minutes. So again, I'll start with you, Brad. Um, other than the house, which you're in the process of moving and buying and selling all at the same time. Never move. It but, is the absolute worst experience ever. Yeah, but you, you didn't do it in the normal sequence or the preferred sequence. No, there was a, it was a move, then a sell, and then a buy, but then the sell didn't happen. So now yeah. you're, you bought, moved, and sold, I think. The buying, yeah, yeah. The buy, the buying is happening after next Wednesday when the selling happens. It's excellent. Just don't move. It's terrible for you. (laughs) (laughs) But other than that, what are you up to? Um, well, about the only thing I've got going on apart from, you know, running after me and is, uh, is I, I have a Star Wars game going on. Um, and that's kind of a once a month thing with, uh, with Chris, um, with, with Gen Con Chris, as, as we'll call him, um, uh, our, our friend Shout Chris, out Chris. Who, yeah, who, uh, you know, gets us the hookups for Gen Con. Um, yeah, but so I run a Star Wars game for his group, but that, you know, has kind of been off and on. Um, but apart from what I'm listening to, uh, really, I have, um, finally caught up with the rest of uh you know the role playing community and dive deeply into critical role so oh, really? that's kind of okay. what i'm doing what's, i'm what's critical role it, i you know so i, I no don't even know if i can explain it in this industry. <laughs> i don't so, yeah i'm in the i don't know i'm up in upwards somewhere in the mid 50s episode wise and i have lots and lots to go how do you watch that show and i don't I mean don't. that it's not good cuz like they're probably great actors but I'll watch it for like five minutes and then you know, be like, you know what? I'm getting on roll 20. I'm going to run a one shot. Cause like I'm done watching it and I want to play. So I, I, I do not watch it. Um, I, I download the podcasts yeah. and I feel there are times when I feel like I miss a significant amount of the show, a lot of the visual gags and stuff like that. 
and um you know, I beat my head against the steering wheel and go, uh, I would love to see the, some of the model setups and, and stuff that uh, Matt whips out. But, you know, I never think to bookmark it and actually go back later and find something yeah, to see it. But alas, you cannot watch TV in the car. But you you can. Maybe. Unless <laughs> you were a child. <laughs> we, do, we do not recommend it. And no. Actually, I'm not sure because I also don't watch uh critical world but isn't it a wednesday night show i think it's on right now thursday oh is it thursday okay i thought we yeah. were on the counter programming <laughs> to the critical role no no they're thursday at seven Join rpg academy uh, seven so right after and, that followed by critical role <laughs> <laughs> you know that might help us if we were to get a slot in before that yeah can we can we have like the, the pre-show where the, the uh, <laughs> right like the opening the act the opener, yeah yeah yeah. yeah, that'd be great. Nice. All right. Anything else from you, Brad? No, no. I, I, I've, I tried, I sat down to start playing Divinity Original Sin and proceeded to fall asleep at the keyboard because I was exhausted. So it's okay. daunting. It's a daunting game. I know. Fair. And I want to play it so bad, but so let me know if you want to jam down. I got like 200 hours on that sucker. I want to jam. <laughs> We got it. All right, we'll talk. We'll talk later. We'll talk. Later. All right, all right. Michael, uh, with the RPG Academy, what have you been up to? Well, no, I, I asked you. <laughs> Just take over your show. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what what have I not been up to? I I consume media at a uh, dizzying pace. Uh, I feel it's just like why I'm not on Twitter. So I'm reading four books right now. Um, but let's like keep it nerdy. Um, I'm listening to slash reading the Gaunt's Ghost series and the Horus Heresy, which are both out of 40K, mm-hmm. which, if you know anything about me, is my favorite universe. I don't play the tabletop um, uh, game, the, the the war game, although, like, I have a little bit, but I just I love the universe. I love the lore, like the books, and uh, I run some games in that setting. Um, so I'm reading some more books on it to keep, being, to keep myself educated. All right. Uh, quick question. We're gonna, quick, we we oh, have yeah. a showdown. Between the 40K universe and the Star Wars universe. It's going to be epic. It's going to be a good episode. We're pulling in all everybody that knows about 40K and everybody that knows about Star Wars, and we're going to duke it out. Mm-hmm. Say mm-hmm. It. Everybody wants to live in the Star Wars universe. Nobody in their right mind wants to live in the 40K universe. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's why we will always win. So the quick question is, best space best space marine chapter yeah sorry whatever oh god that's like you can't ask you can't just <laughs> bring that on somebody loyalist or or i don't know or or her- heresy I, i'm just gonna go heretic uh iron warriors because i love big guns like I all right you, guns. you're totally gonna have to defend this during the uh that episode whenever we do that perturabo's a baby but i love his his army that's for all you real 40k nerds yeah, out there i have is everything's completely over my head. Yeah. So um, I'm also listening to a ton of music. I listen to a, a big, uh, a wide variety of music. I, I listen to a lot of black metal, death metal. Um, there's a great Cincinnati local band called Slut Bomb. That's really good. They're uh, like a thrash metal band and they play shows like all the time. So go see them. Um, and uh, Japanese punk rock scene uh, is the, is better than a lot of any music coming out. So listen to Japanese punk rock music scene. And uh, I don't know. There's like a hundred other things that I'm consuming. So let's move on. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> uh, so I've 
I've also had a lot of things going on. I have my fingers in a lot of different projects. Um, I recently completed an entire 10 season rewatch of Smallville. Wow. And, uh, some of those episodes are amazingly good. Are like really for real? Yep. Some of them are really good. But I would even say most of them are good. They're pretty good, but there are some that are. We're yes. talking about the one that came out in like the early 2000s, right? Yeah, 2001. UPN, uh, WB became CW. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, yeah. They, I feel like that. Yeah, that was it. Was revolving. That yeah, it was right around the time they did that. That the networks combined. Uh, I've also started a secret project. Unless you're on Discord, and then it's not secret at all. Uh, like none what. of the none of our secret projects are secret if you're on Discord because I can't keep my channel straight. Um. <laughs> And so I'm in the process of recording. This it's not directly role play game related. Uh, it's very, 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 very lightly adjacent. So it has nothing to do with RPG Academy stuff. Uh, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. And we're I think we have seven episodes done. And once I get to 13 episodes done, that's when I'm going to start announcing it. Originally, I'd set my goal at 21, but I I think at the pace we're going, 13 would be enough of a cushion for at least the season one of it. So that that's the goal to get to 13 and then I'll start promoting it. And then like six people can care instead of the four people that do now. Yeah, you got to come out with a whole season in this day and age. You're competing with Netflix and Hulu. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. If they're going to release like 20, uh, you know, Shonen Jump episodes, you got to be able to compete with that. Uh, so, I also, oh, go sorry, ahead. go ahead, no, no, finish, yeah. finish, and I'm yeah, circle no. back around. No, 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 I was gonna say, so, so has anybly started watching uh, the the newly released Clone Wars yet? Because I have not yet. Oh, my friends will not Wars. stop talking about it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You go. Two of my friends will not stop talking about it, and I have to beat them up to not really. Okay. But All right. Me. So, have you seen it? No, I have not seen the new ones yet. You look very excited. See, I've seen none of them. I've never watched an episode of Clone Wars. I like Star Wars quite a lot. Just for some reason, that just never interested me. Well, they're better than all of the movies because all of the movies that aren't four, five, and six are bad. So you should watch them. (laughs) Um, It's a pretty good series. I mean, you know, like anything, it has. Clone Wars is amazing. Not the movies. Yeah, the movie not so great. We're just prep. I'm just prepping you for like, (laughs) like the litany of jokes that are coming in the 40k Star Wars. Look, I like the Star Wars universe. That's all I'm gonna say about that. All right, and then uh, probably I guess the other uh, two other things. Well, three, but two of them are really short. Um, I've been listening to a a podcast called Binge Mode, and it's a really well done podcast. It's on the Ringer Network, which I guess is like a sports website. But the podcast is Harry Potter, and they go through every single book, like two, three, four chapters at a time, depending on what you know which book it is, and really break down in depth. And like, I really like the Harry Potter series just myself. My kids recently watched it. John loves it. It's like his favorite book right now. His room is decorated in Harry Potter stuff. And J.K. Rowling herself appears to be a terrible person uh, or has outed herself as having some very odd <laughs> views that I disagree with. But I'm not going to take a look at the fact the books she wrote are masterpieces. They're, the series itself is amazing. And if you are into that, I cannot recommend Benjamin Harry Potter enough. I, I, I've, again, I have binged it. I've been crushing those episodes, and they're so good. 
So if you have any interest at all in Harry Potter, I cannot recommend it enough. It's really, really, really good. I cried many times listening to that podcast. Of, uh, of joy or? Just of, of, I could, the emotion of the story <laughs> and then the host talking about the story. It's just really, really well done. So kudos to those two who uh, host that. Mallory Rubin and Jason Concepcion, uh, who also do a lot of other stuff, but that's the one I know about, know from. All right, so we are through all of that, and we're ready for our first improv game. Uh, this is the part most people like because we do very, we do imp- very silly improv games poorly. Uh, traditionally, we have two that we've always done, but uh, during the last detention, which was kind of an impromptu thing, uh, Jake threw a curveball and added in a couple more, and I thought they were actually kind of fun. So I, uh, we have four that we can currently choose from. And I guess I'll let Brad choose the first one. Mike can choose the second one. So we have our traditional 10 things. That's the one we normally do here. We have where have your fingers been, which is the one we usually do second. We also have questions, which is where the three of us will work together to try to create a scene. But we can only talk in questions. Like each, each line has to be a question. And then there's alphabet where we do the same thing. But each sentence we start with has to begin with the next subsequent letter of the alphabet. So, Brad, of those four, which would you like to do first? I'm intrigued by this alphabet thing. Okay. So, um, Spoiler. basically, you're going to start the scene, and Michael and I are going to, we'll rotate. So, it'd be me, oh, sorry, it'd be Brad, then Michael, then me. And so, you're going to start with A, Michael will have B, I'll have C, and whatever we say, it has to start with that letter. We can go anywhere, but it has to start with that. Just Does that make words? sense? For any What's sentence, that? or it has to be a question? No, no. Those are questions different than alphabet. Alphabet is just the first letter of your statement. So, like, how did you get here would qualify for H, or have gotcha. you seen you lately? So also, you just have to stick with the theme of whatever's going yeah, on. Yeah, the letters. Gotcha. All right. And we don't know what the scene is. The scene will build upon itself because we're talking about it. So, yeah. And so Brad, then Michael, then me. Brad, start off. A. Daily to dollar short, my friend. Okay, that didn't start with a day. <laughs> a day. Hey. A day. A I day. Okay. Okay. All right. See, I thought we're off the board. We've just we've just jumped off the ship. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, just <laughs> <knows>. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Let's see. All right. So so so, uh, so again, I'll lead you again. I'm sorry. So Brad. A day late and a dollar short, my friend. Uh because I ain't got no money. What? Mm. Crap. Dude, you're totally blowing. Dang, it. we're off to a great start. <laughs> Everybody knows that we are. Fellas, fellas, calm down. Okay, we knew what was going to happen when we got here. We shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> uh, is uh, damn, that's an I. Never mind. Um, <laughs> how long is this going to take? Is my next one. <laughs> <laughs> so you're your placeholder. That's what I'm doing next. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> get the tickets. <laughs> um. Uh, hourly or, or you know, weekly. Like, what? How I, the tickets? I got the tickets. They're right here. Just in time. <laughs> Two. The door is opening. Mm-hmm. Uh. 
knew it. I knew it. The doors are open. Look out! <laughs> There's a hole in my boat. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Sorry. You didn't know so, I, 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 it's a terrible, terrible thing. It's an old, old like joke book back from grade school. Some it was, you know, I don't know, like knock knock jokes or whatever, and you know. It just triggers whenever, whenever, whenever someone says look out, it always makes me follow up with that. I got nothing. So yeah, I totally screwed it up. Sorry guys. No, you know, that was the whole point. We had fun while we we're doing. I, I'm Great. just glad I didn't get to end because I was going to sing the Rick Rolls. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Well, well, that died halfway through, but first, good first effort. Good first yeah. effort. Yeah. Okay. I right. that's bad. So, so now we're moving on to what we oh. call. Uh, used books. And this is generally like the largest part of the show, but that doesn't always hold true. And the idea here is that one of us is going to bring to the table a campaign that we either ran or played in. And there's a specific element about it that we want to talk about and kind of pull out. And maybe if we can learn some lessons from do difference, do same, that kind of thing. So Brad, you agreed to bring a, a campaign to the table tonight. So what is your used book, sir? All right, so this campaign uh, that we're going to talk about, or t- that we're going to talk about, is um, it's a well, it's a Star Wars campaign that I ran maybe ten, twelve years ago, I guess, um, and it was set. Uh, it was set like the, the well, yeah. The, so it was set right around the start of the Clone Wars, except it was set. Um, well, predated the start of the Clone Wars, but it was an Infinities campaign, um, which is is something I kind of like to do when you, you have an established, um, you know, like an established universe. Like, if, say you're going to play, and like we're talking about, we're going to play a role playing game in the Harry Potter series. Well, all the exciting stuff in that series already happens to the, you know, the main characters. Um, and you know, when you're playing a game, your players should be, you know, the main characters. I think so. You know, the exciting things in the story should happen to them. So oftentimes what I'll do is, is I will, um, I'll change a detail, like, you know, go through this big stupid thought experiment and change a detail that happened somewhere in the past. Like in this case for this, this Star Wars game, I went and pulled a detail. So, something happened differently in the past. And this was like way back during the Battle of Rasan, which is some, I don't know a thousand years or so, maybe 2000. I don't quite remember before the, um, for the events of episode four, five and six. Um, and that, that, that was when, uh, the Sith were wiped out and Darth Payne established the role of two. Um, in, in this, uh, the detail I changed is that one other, you know, dark side user survived and went into hiding. And I just kind of went through it and thought, okay, what would have happened had, you know, they survived and, you know, in continued to stay in hiding and brought up to the point where they eventually um, had their own evil machinations that would interfere with the existing star Wars things. And it wound up derailing the, the start of the clone wars and, and whatnot. Okay. So is this something that you like um, to to get into, try to pull something out we can talk about? Mm -hmm. So is this uh, like advice if you're going to play in an established setting, regardless of where it is, Yes, um, I think it's common to assume that whatever happened in the story is still canon, 
and our characters are either going to have a different story, a continuing story, a prequel story, or a peripheral story, you know, against the, the classic, we're also on the Death Star, but no one knows it. And if we succeed, then Luke is able to blow it up. And if we fail, it doesn't work. So you're, at least for this game, what you did was do that thought experiment where you just said, okay, we're just going to change everything from a point in time and then my characters are the main characters. So there is no Luke Skywalker in my Star Wars. It's these characters. Uh, no, not necessarily. Um, it, it is. I, so those characters still existed. Like the party actually bumped into a, uh, a, the, the Luke Skywalker universe. Um, you know, they were there in that universe timeline when, you know, when Yoda got killed. Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't invalidate things doing necessarily doing that. It, it, uh, at least I, I, I found in this, um, cause I don't know, my, at least in my, this is the experience I've had in my party. So I know they, they preferred not to play in those, you know, those the, like the movie time frame eras or or you know any books that have been written just because of the simply the amount of material there there's no there's they feel like there's no blank spaces left for them to tell their stories okay so th- this was a way to you know kind of play in in those in and deal with those same you know kind of activities um they're also all big Star Wars fans and, you know, it was, it was exciting for them to, to actually kind of go through and, and see the differences, you know, like, oh, okay. So maybe this is where this changed. And, um, so would you say that, you know, that it gave you like the creative license to change anything you wanted, like when you wanted? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I, sure. I wasn't, I wasn't really constrained by doing things that way. Um, like I, like I said, Yoda, uh, Yoda died during the execution of Order 66. In in this game, how dare you? Hey, you know what? I got the reaction I wanted. A player cried. Yeah, that's all. That's like I feel like that's too much of my goal most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, but it, but it, it was is bad. Like, I think I think what you've done is you've made your sort of own like creative master key when you're mm-hmm. uh, when you're doing like you're getting the best of both worlds is what I'm hearing. Right? Mm-hmm. You can have all of your cake and you can eat it too the 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 cake being all of the cool characters in the Star Wars and all the cool like content that you don't have to like recreate an entire mm-hmm. year. Um and but still say, oh, you know, like Jabba Hutt the Hutt maybe isn't a super warlord. Um because you guys are gonna be. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I, I feel you. So how did that end up? How how did that how did that work out for you? How did it like give me an example of, of where it worked and maybe one where it didn't. Um, one where it, one where it didn't work. Um, so, so ultimately it ended with the end of the campaign because it, it, it didn't work. I'll say the, the party, um, the, the big bad of the campaign, um, they didn't necessarily take him seriously because he wasn't a named character. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't a, he wasn't a star, you know, a named character in any of the books or anything like that. Um, so that kind of worked somewhat against me because, you know, like I said, they were all big Star Wars people. Um, you, they, they kind of got 
caught in that trap of, oh, well, this isn't this isn't Emperor Palpatine. He can't be that much of a threat. And they thought it'd be a really good idea to lock themselves in a room with the Sith Lord and try to kill him. So, yeah. so like that's when you realize, yeah, yeah, somebody messed up and it's probably all of us. Yeah, they died horribly. Yeah. <laughs> so like, how would you fix that if you had to go back? Like, what would you do different to to still like use your master key, but then make it work out? So what I would have done differently, um, A, I was a, a lot younger game master back then, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, a lot less experience. Um and I, I think I would have sidebar more, had more sidebars with my players, and and you know, engaged them more to see, hey, what what are you guys thinking? You know, what's your impression of various characters and and things like that too? Because uh, they they just they they would routinely go around and purposely piss people off just because. How are you? Are you <laughs> below the age of drinking consent? That sounds more like a player problem than your yeah, campaign problem. You said yeah. players who weren't invested in the characters and the story they were trying to tell. Yeah, yeah. There's probably a number how, of how of old were you? Do you remember? Yeah, we were in college. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I ran some really bad games in college. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not I, saying you yeah. ran bad games. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm right. I'm just thinking back. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Oh my god! No. All right, I'm not going to go no. down that rabbit so, hole. So, to answer your worked? question, yes, yeah, what worked? What worked? Though? What worked? Um, yeah. what worked is, I they didn't necessarily feel constrained, like they didn't. So, say, say there was the, hey, we can blow up the Death Star. You know, we, they they didn't feel like their agency was robbed from them. They 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 felt that they were the heroes. They were the big damn heroes in the game. And, um, you know, they, uh, I'm having trouble thinking of, of something specific right now, but, you know, they, they made the big calls. They were, you know, they fought in the Clone Wars. They were, they had, you know, the roles that would have gone to like Obi-Wan or, you know, other characters that, that were important. And they, they didn't constantly feel hamstrung by the existing canon. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, I imagine like, right, like they would use or like I would use if I was doing that, like some level of metagame that is healthy for the game, right? Just to mm-hmm. have fun because you're there to have fun. And if everybody's having fun, then you're doing it right. You should catchphrase that. Um, you know, it's a little wordy though. It's a it little, doesn't fit well on a banner. It's a little wordy, but if you had a prison wall behind you, you could probably put it on there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's like a, some healthy amount of metagame that goes on. Was that okay where you're like, oh, we know that there's going to be this war on Yavin at this time. Uh, so we like should go or like things are going to be tense. Like, did they use that or did they not? Did they say like metagame a little bit, like healthy metagame? Uh, I think there was a fair amount of metagaming on it. Um, it towards the end evolved into, you know, more beer and pretzels. Um, and you know, I I kind of lost the players. I think at some point, just like I, they, they, it which became, it, pretzels game is is got a space in my heart. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, I'm not I'm not shooting it down. For that, yeah. And for yeah. people that don't know that colloquialism that we just use amongst our own group, beer and pretzel game is where everybody's there to just you know have fun, and we're gonna sling some spells and shoot some laser beams, and uh, we're gonna eat some pretzels and yeah, you're mm-hmm. up and drink some some adult beverages. Yeah. It. it it definitely got to that point, I think. And, um, 
Yeah, and it was so it was so long ago. I don't remember where that was. Um, it may have been. Well, okay, I can pinpoint it. It it, it is a it was a player issue. Um, that and we've discussed these players. Is, they, is um, it the is it the players I know? The yes, brothers? the players you know. Yeah, okay. that explains so. That. Right. It was, there were some player issues, particularly the reason that they, the reason they decided to lock themselves in the room with said Sith Lord was because the one brother was not there. So the younger brother convinced the group to take control of the ship and fly to there to go kill the big bad. So the little Daryl needs big Daryl around. Got it. It was a penis measuring contest when one person wasn't even in the room. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of at that point, it's like, all right, I'm done with this. And, you know, it, it was a good fitting end for the for the time. So this, this does make me wonder, and, and you might be able to help me with this, because I've played in a campaign with, with some of those players. Mm-hmm. And that campaign also died on a night that I wasn't there. So I'm wondering, what is the ratio of campaigns that have died with those two people when one player in the party is gone, like, like how often is it? Well, there's a person missing. So the decision-making uh, weight is shifted and then they make a decision that gets everyone killed. How often does that happen? I don't know. Um... I would be, if you, if you have some time to think about it, I mean, I'm sure it won't be exact, but is that happening more than we need metrics? We need metrics because yeah. it's happened twice that I know of. Uh-huh. Kind of how, I don't know how many came, and that um, may be standard. I don't know, but I don't know that the majority of the games get well. The the last two that I've I've run with those players have gone to completion. Um, but previous to that, I, I don't think the games necessarily went far enough. Yeah, to get I to mean, that. The point. vast majority of the games I ran just stopped at some you know point. i mean we get maybe 10 80 yeah although mm-hmm. i feel like i'm at like in my old age of being 30 now uh i feel like i i feel like i flipped it like i feel like i would say like 70 percent, maybe 80 percent of games that i'm in even if i'm just in them like succeed to at least some point but that's well, because i'm playing i knew who i'm playing with like i'm mm-hmm. playing we have say, you've been able to to curtail your gaming group to that point and and you know, have, yeah i've gotten around to some bad <laughs> groups and then uh-huh. some good people uh out of those groups and developed uh, a nice little community which you guys are a part of and hey. basically everybody in the rpg academy um so I, I just mostly run one shots now so it's like all right we've got a beginning we've got a middle we've got an end check oh out my god dead. that's so sad to me I feel so bad. I mean, like, I, really, I mean, I love running campaigns, but I'm having a ton of fun running these one shots. Are you? Yeah. I mean, I one really shots are it. fun, but they're sort of like, I can't say what they're like. They're like hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. Let's course. go with that. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah like I just, I'm hungry for more. Uh, so, so just this conversation is reminding me of, of a story from when I was in college. I'll share it quickly. Uh, so I played in college too, but a lot, uh, Brandon, who again, I've mentioned many, many times on the show, uh, uh, was my roommate his freshman year. I'm one year older than him. Uh, so we played my room. I ran to the people on the floor. We had a group of like, I don't know, four or five people. And I felt like the game was getting a little stale. Like I wanted to do something different. And one of my players, who's a real weirdo, loving weirdo, ran into, made friends with a different weirdo. 
And he convinced me that this other weirdo would be exactly what our group needs. So in comes Zarathustra. Not sure to this day if that was actually his name or if that's just what he like self-identified as because he wanted that. He was the kind of person that would think the name Zarathustra was cool. So he shows up. His character's like 50% made and he's filling out a few extra things. And I start like laying the groundwork for the game. And I, and I, I notice he's not paying attention because he's filling out his character sheet. I'm like, Z, just, just hold on. You can finish out. So I want to get through this part, get everybody started. And then we can wrap your character up. He goes, it's fine. I can absolutely listen to you while I write. I don't know Z. So I say, okay. I'm also, what? 20 years old i'm not nearly as confident as a person or as a gm so i got pushed back i let it slide i go through like a 15 minute opening monologue which i should not have done anyways because it's a bad thing to do and then i wrap it up and without missing a beat he looks up and goes i'm sorry what did you say that was the only time he played with us he was (laughs) no longer invited back after that game yeah, what a ter- what a what a great player he was at, to not listen to your fifteen minute monologue. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> there was some there was some. Um, if Michael is running for you, you will listen to his fifteen minute monologue. <laughs> I'm just trying to get you started in the game, and uh, I know. Though he did say something kind of funny. I, I I still remember this too. This is like twenty years ago, or maybe twenty five years ago at this point. Uh, his character was a cobbler. That was his skill. And he was just making fun of everyone's shoes and, you know, saying like elves don't know how to make shoes like he does. And it was just like a funny little quirk he did, which I did. Again, it stuck with me for 25 years. Not as, as, as ingrained as the, I'm sorry, what did you say? After telling me that he could. <laughs> you jerk. All right. So, um, so Brad, just to kind of wrap up your part of that conversation there, if you were to do it again, Assuming that you don't have player issues, that's not, it's just the, your part. Is there anything that you would do differently that you've learned a lesson from, or you would encourage this did work minus my player problems? Oh, it totally worked minus my player problems. I'm, I'm doing it right now, actually. And in that current Star Wars game I'm running, um, it's a few years removed since then, since the other one. And, and, um, really the players make a huge difference. It's, it, it's, uh, it's great when you have buy-in and um, tango, baby. seriously. Um, so no, but things that I did differently is um, I, I, I did not, um, I didn't start immediately. I started with, I started with things that were familiar and they started in a familiar situation that you would know from star Wars. And like, you know, it was, it was in the, during the dark times, right before, um, right before a new hope starts. I don't know. I think we're set maybe three or four years before that. So three or four years before the battle of Yavin or whatever. And, uh, so I started it off very normally and then, you know, kind of slowly introduced the, the changes to the players and instead of hitting them with everything right up front and, you know, that of how different it was. I mean, I still built the world and, and whatnot. And, you know, this is how, you know, these are the things you're seeing, but I didn't call out the changes. Um, I've just kind of matter of factly just, you know, put them in there and, um, didn't go too heavy on too heavy with it at the beginning part. And, you know, the players have, have really bought into it. And, um, so I don't know if that's a, Hey, we're all older type thing, you know, and definitely, or, um, 
it's probably part of it. better players. So I have like one no. question because I, I'm a bit on the other side of the the school of thought here. Where when I run a ga- campaign like in a known universe, most mm-hmm. of the time I'm running it adjacent to the to uh, the universe, but not adjacent to any known story. Right? Like I don't want any content coming in that is going to make them be like, "Oh, let's go talk to Jabba," or "Hey, mm-hmm. like it's the Horus is about to kill the God Emperor of mankind, and we got to do like." jumping in and having to do something about it. I want to use all the IP from the, the intellectual property of the universe without having any of the baggage of things that I think often people are really geeky about, right? Like that's what we're in this to do. So like I, while I do miss out on getting to use some of those cool characters, the benefits for me have been greater. I feel by not doing that. So how do you, for somebody like me, what would you tell somebody like me that says, I don't want anything to do with any of the current IPs. Like, is there a benefit to, to using some of that? I, I think it's a, I think there's a benefit for doing it both ways. I, I totally agree with way with what you're saying. It's super nice. Um, the reason we wound up in a situation like this is they're like, Hey Brad, run force and destiny for us. And I'm like, okay, here, start using this. And they handed me this, uh, the, the opening module that they had bought for it from the jam screen or, or, or whatever. And I'm like, no, we want to start here. And it's like, okay. Um, so, you know, that kind of locks you in into that sort of a time frame. So I, I just kind of went with it, made it work. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, having the freedom of definitely, like you say, not being adjacent to any established thing, but still getting your IP usage is super. Okay. So de- uh, yeah. Good I don't know if I answered any question that you asked, but you know. No, I feel I feel go. just completely justified in how I run my game. Well, <laughs> so, hey man, what I would yeah. say yeah. is uh, I actually recorded an episode with Chris Burlew, who's the uh, GM of the Redemption, which is a Star Wars based podcast. Great, and we did a whole episode on running games in settings with established IP. So you'll get to hear all of his advice on a very recent episode. Probably will come out either just before or just after this one. Uh, so you can get his advice. I don't recall all of it, so I can't parrot it back to you now. But he had a lot of advice on the subject. So, and uh, yeah, he does probably, a good job. So yeah. you know, that's if you definitely when that comes out, make sure you listen to it. Yep. All right. So let's move on to our second improv game. So Michael, this time it'll be your choice. So the three that we have left are ten things, where my fingers been, and questions. What is the hardest one? Um. Pro- well. I, I don't know. Reaction. What's the gut? What's your gut say? Don't listen to your head. Uh, I've never done questions. So I don't right, actually know. This. All right. Okay. That's so you reaction. get you get to set the scene. Like we, the scene will emerge yeah. from the question. So I, you'll go. I'll go. Then Brad. So we're still going in that same circles before, and mm-hmm. you can say whatever you want, but it has to be a question. But the scene is supposed to continue to make sense. When do we start? Uh, now. You've already lost. <laughs> no, he said, uh, now? Uh, I heard a question for you. <laughs> so when do we start? How should I know? Didn't you read the script? Don't you know that the script is for losers? There was a script? Where's the director? I'm the producer, uh, but uh, I don't know who the director is. That was a statement. That was a statement. No, I don't know who the director is. Oh, I've already lost. 
<laughs> See, this is why it's the toughest one. All right. Fair, all right. Keep going. Enough. Keep going. Okay. Well, all right. All so right. We'll, we'll, one more time around. So, so Michael, so correct there. What, what was your last question, Brad? I don't know. Where's the director? Where was the director? <laughs> I don't know. The uh... <laughs> That's not a question either. <laughs> it's it's done. I suck at asking questions. <laughs> so that has been questions. Yeah, perfect. Uh, we, we made it three. three. Well, yeah, I messed three. up the first one. So we made zero and then three. So I've never to... watched Who's London Is It Anyway. I've never played uh, an improv before. Uh, it's really? So much fun. Yeah. yeah. Good times. But I mean, if you role play, you improv. It's it's. There's a lot of crossover. Yeah, but like. I don't know. Part of me thinks GMing is way easier than improv. So we're going to move into what is mostly the last segment. We we leave a audience Q&A segment open at the end, but I don't think anyone's watching other than Brad because it's been at one this whole time. Um, yeah, so I don't just think a stream. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody here, so there probably won't be a Q&A, but we're going to do cryptozoology, and that is where one of us will bring a monster to the table, and we talk a little bit about it, ways we've used it in the past, and maybe brainstorm some ways that we could use it in the future. So, Michael, you are the our guest tonight who brought a monster. What monster do you want to talk about? Uh, 99 Crips. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. I don't know how you misunderstood that. I thought that was perfectly clear. Look, it's it's not uh, the the uh, the character of this <laughs> monster of this evening is the lich, the, the famous lich. lich. So you lead us off. This is your choice. What is it about the lich that you find so compelling or interesting, or you oh, love the most the compelling? Maybe the best. Maybe the best monster. So um, the the great thing about the lich is how completely versatile it is uh, in any campaign in any situation. Um, and I really mean pretty much any, because uh, I've used it so many different ways. And I mean from this is a dumb, bestial, uh, undead monstrosity that is rampaging across the, uh, you know, northern hemisphere with its giant army of, you know, we're looking at what characteristics are we looking at at that um, with that type of character? We're looking at, uh, you know, chaotic, um, unintelligent. Uh, war hungry, very battle focused in the game, right? Like you're setting your players up for that. If that's a big bad or somebody that's a char- in a character arc, all the way to and and in that case, it's going to be a character arc because you can't take on an army just like that in most settings. Um, but all the way to very small. Um, it's a character that has a ton of emotion. You know, what is the reason that they chose to go into lichhood? Maybe it was something that was meant to be noble. Um, and they're new to lichdom and they maybe don't even like it. And, um, they're a character that's just meant to be role played with. Uh, and I've, I've had it happen in be those two extremes and a lot of things in between. So that's why I think the lich is just a, an extremely versatile character. I think people, you know, new new GMs might think of it in one way, and you should really be thinking about all monsters this way, is, you know, what's the variability in here um, that you can use with it? So I have a lot more thoughts, but I'll I'll leave it, that to, that first thought to you, you two. What do you think? All right, so Brad, have you ever used a Lich before, or maybe even played against one as a player? Um, yes, on both accounts. I've, I've used uh, Liches or other sorts of, you know, I guess I call them greater undead, but... Um, 
we we've definitely fought liches before. Um, and and I think I've only used a lich once, though, as a GM. Uh, it just I, I'm trying to remember what that was. Uh, but anyway, as a player, it's it's definitely fun. The whole flacker having to find all the flackerties is, you know, um, maddening and uh, exciting at the same time. So just to take it back to Harry Potter, basically Lord Voldemort was a yeah. lich, but he had mm-hmm. six slash seven phylacteries uh, instead of just the one. Um, I I have some vague memories of running campaigns in my, my youth where the lich was there, but it was more like a faceless manipulator. I don't think there was ever any like direct interaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in probably, it's still not recent, but the most recent um Brad may have even been in that game. I think it was around that time. Um, I had a, a lich that was, it was like in, in like a prison. And one of the players went down to like these fighting pits, but their memories kept getting wiped. And there was just like this, just darkness that would engulf them. And that was the lich, but they didn't know it yet. Um, so I've never used them to the point where they did anything that couldn't have been substituted in for any other monster. Like I've never really gotten to use them to their fullest. Uh, I would like to. I think it's very. I think it's a classic D and D story of find the lich's phylactery, destroy it. You know, making that happen. So I think it's a good campaign type of arc. I just have never experienced it on either side. Yeah. So uh, sorry. Um, so I played a campaign. It was, it was like one of the early, I guess, early campaigns, and he used a the GM used a the lich in an interesting way. Um, he was called the, the character was called the backwards walker. So he started off as a, uh, as, you know, an, you know, incredibly old man who aged in reverse, basically kind of Benjamin Button style. But in, in each interaction we had with him, I think we fought him three or four times across that campaign, you know, um, and each time we fought him, he got, you know, more powerful as we leveled up and, and sort of things. And, um, we were we were destroying his phylacteries, I guess, along the way and um during those fights. So like each fight in itself was the phylactery. There was this wasn't something we had to go and find. Um and and you know, so it was kind of the way we we use he used it. It was an interesting twist on I guess on the concept. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was looking through some of my old books and I actually can't find my second edition monster manual. Um, but I pulled, pulled out the fourth edition one. And I know a lot of people have some strong opinions on fourth edition, but I find their monster creation kind of interesting. So I looked at the Lich in fourth edition and in fourth edition, Lich is a template that can be applied to basically a human wizard, but they give a couple examples. They give a, uh, a level 14 elite controller uh, which is worth 2,000 experience points. And um, they give a 24 Elite Controller version, which is worth 12,000 experience points. Mm-hmm. None of that really matters. Except in 4th edition, the way you run monsters is very different than you run in, in other editions or 5th edition. Uh, like in 5th edition, they have spell slots and they have spells, and you have to run them like a spell caster along with any other things they have. And, and we'll get to that in a minute. But here they basically have like three things they do. Uh, fourth edition very much simplified running monsters uh, i think it loses some of the nuance from running it in other ways but i think it makes it easier to run uh, but the two things i thought was well three things i thought was kind of interesting is they have a link excuse me a lich vestige 
which is basically a lich that's been destroyed, but there's still like an essence that remains behind. So it's not necessarily something that you as the player in the campaign will have to deal with, but it would be like leftover from another campaign. And they only have one hit point. As soon as they're hit, they're destroyed. So they're kind of like lich minions, but they have some pretty powerful attacks because it's just that one last vestige. Again, that's what's called a lich vestige, uh, which I, I could have a lot of fun using that. You're not the group that has to kill the lich. That was done a thousand years ago, but there's still this echo of the lich there causing problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also include the actual spell. I know you can't see it on my camera, but they include the spell that you have to cast to become a lich. And at least in fifth edition, it's just sort of like, you know, vaguely waved over. It's a ritual you have to get to. Here, it's a level 14th spell. It gives you the time, the duration, the cost, and all of that kind of good stuff. And then the, um, the last thing is there's a difference in 4th and 5th. In 4th edition, it mentions that the flattery can be pretty much anything. Often it's a necklace or an amulet that's like a box shape, but it could be a ring, it could be an amulet, it could be anything else. In 5th edition, it specifically calls out it has to be some sort of box or has, has to have something that has a, an inside that can be inscribed with the correct rituals and there has to be like a the name of the lich has to be written in blood and put inside of it so it has to be a container where in fourth edition more like a horcrux and harry potter it could be any object they wanted to hide their soul in um so i don't know i just thought that was kind of interesting in some ways i like the fourth edition lore better but i think the fifth edition version would play better play better because it's an actual spell caster it has spell slots um, it also has legendary actions and lair actions because it is a elite boss. Uh, in fifth edition, it would be a tough. It is tough. But yeah. So, Michael, what's your most memorable? How, what's the most memorable usage of of the lich that you've that you've come across or that um, you've done? There's probably two. Um, one is probably my greatest moment as being a player ever. So I'll get to that in a second. But the I think what makes the Lich so appealing to me is that, um, like I said, there's sort of infinite depth or infinite shallowness that you want with the character and the, that you can insert that whenever you want. Cause really what you're talking about with Lich is a, a thing that was formerly alive choosing to become a monster. And I don't know, I'm trying to think of another monster that chooses to become a monster in the game basically is what you're saying in like the lore you're saying i was this thing that was alive at some point and uh, i've now chosen to become this this monster um <clears throat> and maybe it's not a monster um so there here's two examples one's uh, uh that i used in my game that i ran um there was a character uh shalia uh, uh bernat uh and her husband was uh, this very famous like adventure and um, he had recovered all of these artifacts and, and different things. And eventually he passed away. Um, and she, because of how much she loved him and wanted uh, things to keep going and, and making sure that their estate stayed stable, she used some of the artifacts that he had to uh, turn herself into a lich and maintain her uh, household. And she still, th- you know, she, her kids out, you know, outgrew her and uh, some of her kids were sort of entombed in there and she still was overseeing her family's estate. 
Um, and you know, they they were had like great grandkids by that time. And, and what's interesting is you're, like, you're looking at a character, right. With a lich that still thinks it still has a mind, um, but it's losing its humanity. Right. Which is, I think a very compelling story that we've all seen in, in uh, tons of different settings, but it's, it's really a humanizing character. And I think people don't, people don't think about that when they use lich, they think this is just an undead uh, to be slaughtered, but really that, that was a, that was a human or that was an elf or um, what drove them to, to do this to themselves and what did, what did it cost them? I think is the, the interesting piece. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I think um, if I were to use one, just trying to brainstorm some some ways, I like what you said. It is somewhat mentioned in the book as well um, that, you know, you choose to do this maybe for a good reason. But once you become a lich, you start to lose your humanity. So you could have a situation where, because um, it also mentions in the fifth edition that sometimes like half clerics can do this. But usually it's like a human wizard, but there are some other options other options so maybe this person gets a like a vision a prophecy like a thousand years from now there's gonna be this great evil arises and they know the secret or a secret about it that will help defeat it they won't be around in a thousand years and rather than entrusting this to like a tome or a book or uh, something they decide to make themselves a lich so that they will still be alive and that they can then share this information with you know adventurers of the day unbeknownst they are in fact the evil that rises and they become the thing that they tried to stop and Mm -hmm. so defeating that wouldn't be hitting it with a sword to the side of hit points but reminding it of its humanity that would be what it would and then like the defeat would be you know i have a moment of clarity uh in this moment here's my phylactery i'm just going to show you where it is please you know put me to rest rather than hitting with a sword till it dies yeah so, I, I mean, and that's, yeah, that's beautiful. You, I mean, and you're so close to ways that I've seen it used and, and uh, some of the best ways that I've seen it used. Because you, when you're talking about a lich, you're talking about um, so many of the elements of, of fantasy and sort of morality and mythology. You're talking about timelessness. You're talking about eternity. You're talking about, you know, uh, thirst for power. You're talking about um, what does it mean to be human? You're, you're talking about relation to self. You're talking about relation with others. Um, you're talking about so many different things that you can play with, with the character that it's made it great. And that character that uh, was a lich in my game, the characters, um, she became a contact, right? She wasn't evil. Liches don't, you know, that whole liches have to be evil thing. You know, certainly they may lose their humanity, but she'd only been alive for like, you know, 150 years, 200 years. Um, and it, it hadn't got to that point. So they developed a bond with her. One of the players tried to kill her and uh, the party snapped. And I, I didn't see this coming, right? Like I was, this was, I was a young GM. This was sort of a character I'd put some stuff into. And the, the rest of the party snapped at this, uh, this other player because they had heard her story and uh, felt so deeply for her and what she had gone through. I won't get into everything, but uh, that they identified with her and protected her from one of the other party members. And I mean, that was a moment as a GM where you're like, uh, <laughs> where the players just do something that you, you were just, try- I was just trying to make an interesting character for them to murder. And she end up, ended up becoming a major piece of the campaign. 
Um, I think uh, dragons usually fill the role of of like your ancient schemers and manipulators. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the lich can be not an evil version, but just an alternate version. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you have dragon scheming against the lich and the lich scheming against the dragon. And this could be going on for thousands, thousands and thousands of years so that your, your entire life as a character is but a small, you know, footnote in their larger plans, unless, you know, you find a way to change destiny, which is, the bread and butter of a good adventurer. It is. Um, and uh, the only thing I'll say is that probably the best, probably my best moment as a player ever uh, was the, a great lich uh, that my, my good friend uh, Sarah was, was running. Um, and this lich uh, was an elf and uh, it had been a lich and it had been sort of troubling the land a little bit uh, for a while. And, you know, we went in to go figure out what was going on. And it fit really well into my character because I was playing a psychopomp, which if you don't know, that's somebody who helps spirits pass on and sort of is a, you know, ghost talker uh, and, you know, some part, part ghost talker, part ghost slayer or undead slayer, those sort of things. Um, So we eventually get there. My character, you know, we get into that spot where we're in the room with the Sith Lord and going to die. And uh, because we we backed ourselves into a corner. And my character really just starts talking to this this lich like a like a person because she is a psychopomp and she says, you know, I understand some things that have happened to you. And really what had happened going into it is we found out that she really um, went off the deep end and became a lich after the human that she was in love with died. Uh, and uh, what my character could do uh, because of some of the powers I had in, in Dungeon World in that game was I could manipulate some people's emotions mildly. So, um, you know, I, I always asked when I did these things with the, with the Lich, I said, you know, hey, I want you to, you know, feel what it feels like to remember what it's like to be human. So I could pass on some of that emotion. Cut to, you know, she's talking to me. She puts like some of the other characters, like she lets the other characters go and maybe for like an hour, uh, I'm doing some role playing with the GM where I eventually bring back the dead spirit of her husband and uh i'm doing you know like emotion focused therapy you know with the two of them and eventually i say you know i think you two should talk um and uh, they talk for like a good long while as long as my spell could last and uh she eventually comes over and says uh that she's ready to to go and she's ready to to leave this plane right and that's a completely unexpected way to deal with a lich cuz i we were able to as a party eventually resolve the reason why she became a lich in the first place and she didn't want to didn't want to be this uh this thing that she became anymore and she wanted to change and move on and that's how we defeated the great lich of the hills uh so that actually sparked another idea which this one's half formed but you know is it possible to make someone else a lich yeah so a force have like a yeah like so the lich didn't want to be that way. And I, my first thought was like a child, you know, it's kind of in your story that like a, a mother or a father turns their lich, their child into a lich so that their child will never truly die because they don't want them to. But now you have this young child who has this immense power. Do you kill this kid who did not mean yeah. to become this? You know, how do you resolve that? Uh, that could be a very interesting, you know, for the right party, the right mindset, that could be very interesting. Or it could be like a lover's thing. Like you said, maybe you have an elf and you have a human, they're in love. The human's going to die in, you know, 80 years. The elf will live all, all but forever. So maybe they make the human become a, a lich 
possibly against their will so mm-hmm. that their love can stay forever. And of course there'll be tragedy, something mm-hmm. will happen. And so the Lich is then alone. Uh, I, I think, I think all of those are more interesting ways than um, I can do this much damage with the Lich versus, you know, absolutely. And else. certainly you can still have that. Like you can ultimately have the showdown, but I think um, the showdown will have a, a different gravity and a different weight when you know about what's going on with this target and maybe still have to do the deed, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Cause Correct. really what we're talking about with a lich and here's like my pen, my the penultimate point and the sort of encapsulated point with the lich and why I think it's the best monster. Um, when you, when you play other games like earth on or other stuff like that, where you're, you're fighting stuff that isn't really, uh, it might be metaphysical. That's really what's going on or what can go on when you fight a lich. You're not so much fighting the lich, but you're really fighting the folly of man or the folly of, uh, of, uh, of an elf. You're fighting uh, the, the thirst for power, the greed to live forever. You're, you're fighting those things. And anytime you can insert those sort of mythological messages, I think, into a game, adds a depth that people are really hungry for when they sit down at the table. For a, a deep game, certainly you can have a beer and pretzels game, but when you're talking about really getting into a character, I think a lot of people are hungry to have those unique experiences with, you know, a mythological concept. Um, and then, you know, you can always back, you know, if that fails, you always have the backup of, I'm going to, I'm going to disintegrate Ray you and we're going to have a fight, right? <laughs> That's why it's the best because it's the best roll, of both worlds. Roll initiative. Yeah, roll initiative. You failed nice. your role play. Let's fight. Okay, get the pretzels and beer. Um, so you always have that ace up your sleeve. That's why the Lich is the best character. Drops microphone. I'm out. Oh. All right, Brad, do you have anything else about Liches? No, I had some 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 joke that was going to brew in my head about <laughs> Lich, and then it's gone. So, no, I got nothing. Sorry. Yeah, I've had a lot of those, too. It was really good, though. Stifling them. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you can tell it to me in person at the faculty retreat. Yes. Uh, which later I this month. Super, later this month, we're, well, yeah. it's 22 days away is when we'll be driving up. So basically three weeks. Uh, super, super duper excited about that. It's one of, if not my favorite gaming weekend of the year. So excited to hang out with you chaps again. Yep. Uh, but we're going to wrap things up there. At the moment, we do have someone in chat. Well, we have someone on watching, at least on this hey. chat. So we will do the Q- audience Q&A section for the one person who just jumped in and has no idea what's going on. Uh, this is a part of the show where people can ask us questions. But uh, while we're waiting to see if this person who maybe does not want to type into chat, totally cool if not, uh, one last time around the table, tell people who we are and where they can get a hold of us or find more of our work if they're interested. So, Michael, I'll start with you this time. Yeah, you can find all of my work uh, under Michael Ross at the RBG Academy. Uh, no, uh, you can find me on Twitter if you know my name and, uh, you can find me at the RPG Academy, uh, doing the face rip, uh, 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 content, uh, for Marvel and, uh, hopefully from some more content to come. Yep. Very cool. And Brad, you can find me on, uh, Twitter at force and destiny. Um, most recently for the RPG Academy uh, in the Dark Discovery series. Um, you should definitely check it out. And our person's gone. Yep, they're um, gone. And, uh, yep, no questions. Um, and a variety of other one-shots and other sorted things. Um, come join our Discord. Lots of fun. Hang out with us. Um, enjoy the beer and the pretzels. And, mm-hmm. you know, the banter. And the memes. Oh, the memes. 
the meme, the memes are good. Yes. Uh, I'm of course am Michael at the RPG Academy. Everything I do can be found there. I host this podcast. I do. I've started doing regular Monday through Friday morning streams. I've been playing Final Fantasy, the original one on Nintendo, for thirty forty five minutes every morning. Uh, hopefully to continue that once Final Fantasy is done. I'm either going to do Legend of Zelda or Metroid. Not sure yet which one. Uh, I'm super excited about the Catacon Kickstarter, which will go live the same day we're leaving for Faculty Retreat. Coincidentally, no, on purpose. So uh, the 26th of this month, if you're coming to a Catacon, the easiest way, best way to support us is to check that out. Uh, but until next time, this has been Michael with Michael and Brad. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. And remember, you're having fun. Have fun. You're doing it right. You're doing it right. Nice. All righty. So we should be out. Good news is I think the stream held up. Uh, Brad roboted like twice, but I think that was his internet. Uh, so uh, it seems like the tensions can be a go again. All right, cool. Very Maybe, exciting. yeah. I only I'm a saw... disappointed we didn't have anybody watching because like usually we have like eight people on the. Det- I mean, obviously it's been months since we've done one. Maybe that was part of the problem, but I'm a little surprised that we didn't have anybody. Uh, you know, I wanted to see how it was, but like the next one I do, I can send it out to some of my discords and see if people join. Yeah. I don't know if you have like another person in that's just like pulls more people. I mean, would usually it, it the, the thing is it rotates. Like usually the mm-hmm. people who jump in are always yeah. different. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, that's basically the way the show goes. It's just mostly just chatting about stuff and usually we get one or two topics that we dig into a little bit and like i think the lich part was really really good yeah um, yeah use books as a failure sorry about that that was not a good campaign it wasn't it wasn't it was good i don't i don't think you like you didn't come with like a point you were trying to make and then we kind of fiddled around trying to find one but that's yeah it, and and frankly i kind of forgot that was the point of making the point it was <laughs> It's been, it's been a long time, so sorry. It's been a long time. Yeah, so hopefully, though, um, so I mentioned this uh, a while back, and I, I think I put on a couple people I've said specifically. I'm having surgery Monday. Uh, nothing no. too crazy, so hopefully everything goes well. Uh, no, uh, I I know that I'm going to be, like, completely out of it for two days. Like, I'll be in the hospital all day Monday, Monday night, probably most of all day Tuesday, if not all day Tuesday, Tuesday night. I have no idea how long my recovery is going to be. It could be a few days. It could be like a month. So I don't know how much I'm going to be doing stuff after next Monday. I'm hoping it's like a week and I'm back, but it, I may be not doing as much or being around. So that's you, what would be going are you, are you on. Are you so, talking about it? What surgery are you having? Um, it's weight loss surgery. I'm having the gastro Lap bypass. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So nice. uh, it's funny. I I thought like if I – if I wasn't working, I could just get into a, a, a process and lose weight on my own. Cause I've done it so many times before failed miserably, but I went through the whole process for the surgery and they put you on a diet, like a really restrictive diet for the two weeks leading up to it. So I'm, I'm now 10 days into that diet. I've done it perfectly with no cheating. I've already lost 15 pounds. So if I were to just, just do the diet, I think I'd be okay. <laughs> uh, but the problem is I don't think it's every two weeks. They're just going to be like, we're going to push out your surgery for two weeks. <laughs> so yeah so the plan is monday for the surgery um i can't drive for two weeks but i should be healthy enough to travel to the faculty retreat so there is like an outside chance i won't be going uh if something happens with (laughs) that'll be weird (laughs) that would be weird but i still want you to go i'll still pay for the room um but i'm i should be healthy enough to go 
Mm-hmm. That shouldn't be a problem, but there is still there's an algorithm chance. Like, yeah, you're going to do fine. I mean, it, it, it's it's a very common surgery these days, so yeah. it'll it'll be okay. And the guy who's doing it, it's like he's literally like one of the grandfathers. He all but invented it. He's probably done more of them in the East Coast than he's anybody. like. I've done this more times than I've. Never mind, I can't say that. <laughs> yeah, well, we're not live right now. <laughs> we're not. Uh, oh, okay. Well, I'm still not going to say. It. <laughs> so, so we uh, again, fingers crossed, should be good. Uh, I'm going to be on my crazy diet at the faculty retreat. So I'm going to be basically eating jello with mashed potatoes for three days, which will be very different than what I've done in the past, but that's part of my problem. So, yeah. but yeah, anyway, I'll, just, I'll feed you chicken and L eights. And you <laughs> well, I can't, I can, can, I can never have an L eight again. Yeah. You can't do bubbly. Yep. Nothing bubbly for the rest of my life. Worth. Wow. Okay. Worth it to be thin. Well, not, I don't care about being thin, but the diabetes, I don't want to die about, you know, I got kids I want to see grow up. So I had to make some hard choices. Not really happy about it, but. Worth it to be sexy naked. Well, no, I'm going to look disgusting because I'm going to lose a hundred pounds in like six months. So I'm going to have like a fucking flaps hanging off of me everywhere. (laughs) You'll be like uh, the flying squirrel, man. Yeah. I could jump off a building. (laughs) Yeah. Well, then you can get the you can get the surgery for that stuff. Yeah, yeah. That of course the insurance won't pay for that one because it's cosmetic and elective. But yeah. anyway, uh, unless you can get it to say that it's impairing your. Yeah. I know somebody that I worked for. Yeah. So, but again, that's a problem to have as I've yeah. lost so much weight that I got to deal with that. Um, yeah. But yeah, so definitely my all day Monday, probably Monday Tuesday. Um, after that, I'm hoping that I'll be able. I mean, because again, it's not like this takes a lot of energy. But if I'm feeling like shit, I may not want to do it. But just in yeah, case I'm not sure. around for a while, um, that's probably what's going on. Okay. So, Brad, are you good Friday, or do we just want to reschedule, push it out? I should be good. I'll, I'll let you know tomorrow. Okay. Because so I, I haven't watched the episode yet, so okay. I, I've got to. So, so curiously, what's what's the legality of what you're drinking? Uh, I didn't find anything specific, but just doing some like research that talks about like age appropriateness, and you can't have any content. Um, like uh, overtly like sexual, for example. And I was just wondering, like, is there any legality of like saying I'm drinking a Heineken or I'm drinking a, like, you know, is that considered some sort of product placement, even though they don't pay us for that? So it just, it seemed better just to get rid of it completely. What, what do you mean? Who, who's this for? Is this a... For Twitch. Like for Twitch, you there's certain content you can't have on Twitch. And I was just covering my bases. And pl- honestly, I only just drink water it. anyways. So well, that's really, fine. I was just curious. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter to me. I was just, you know, what, what have we, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, no. Again, I was digging into the legality of me streaming like the, the Nintendo stuff. Cause I like, didn't last time, which none of my YouTube videos now are getting taken down. So I think it just was the audio was the problem. But anyway, so I started looking into like what you can and can't do and nothing specifically said you can't be drinking alcohol, mm-hmm. but it also talked about, age appropriateness and like adult content. Like I know people that drink on stream. Like that's a thing. It, it's probably, probably fine. But I said, it really doesn't, I don't think it adds a whole lot. Like that wasn't a segment I came up with. I never cared about it. It was, I think it was either Caleb's mm-hmm. or Matt's because they were usually drinking like an adult beverage. Mm-hmm. So I'm always like, I got water. Um, so I have no problem getting rid of it. Yeah. Like it's not necessary. I hear yeah. you. Cool beans, Daddios. Well, thank you very much for joining me both. I really appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, Brad, I'll see you Friday. And if not, I'll see both of you in like three weeks. Yeah, it's coming up. It's coming up. Catacon Kickstarter. Also, don't forget, same day. I'm going uh, to tell, get... tell a lot of people. Uh, probably 
the week after my surgery, I want to try to start doing like a daily countdown and stuff, but uh, hopefully we'll build up to it. So. Yeah. Send me, send me the links so I can send it. Uh, everybody that I know does things digitally. So me telling them is, doesn't count for shit if I can't <laughs> send them a link. All right. So one, Hey, you know, Oh, Michael, before you get off is, uh-huh. um, is Johan coming to Gen Con this year? Yeah, he's coming. Okay. Do we, do we account for him on the room? No. Okay. So he would be eight. All right. No. That's, um, that's Chris, cool. Chris should be coming. Chris is fucking getting married. What? Fuck Who? yeah. He's been dating this girl for like three or four months and they, they got engaged. Okay. Uh, yeah. So and that would make nine, I believe, right? No, no. I think Chris is Chris was already in there. Yeah, Chris is already in the uh, hang on, let me open Twitter. Chris B was in the on the the thing. Let us find this out. Um, I'm pretty sure he was already in okay. Gen Con twenty twenty room share. All right, the current room list is is Brad K, Michael R, Rocky David, Chris B, Michael F, Jared, uh plus uh Johan will be eight. Okay. So that'll drop the price a little bit. That's cool. I'm going to do a fucking thing this year. I'm going to buy one of those things. A little bed thing. Because, like, literally it's the only bad thing about Gen Con for me is not yeah. getting, getting like, personal space when I sleep. Yeah. Hopefully, by being, that's August. I'll have probably had some significant weight loss. I might be able to manage sleeping in the floor again. Uh, my back won't be – because my back actually is pretty good right now, but I'm hoping losing the weight and starting to exercise more will help. I don't mind a crash in the corner if I can. It will a hundred percent dude. Like just losing like 40 pounds would make your back feel insanely better. Yeah. I got to imagine so much of the pressure is because of that. Uh-huh. Unless they said, did they, was there like damage now or like, uh, well, uh, the only thing was uh, they're herniated, but, uh, those, those can't heal themselves yeah. over time. Uh, and I said, I've been pain free now for probably about a month and a half. Uh, Fuck yeah. Is, yeah. Fingers crossed. Keep Rock it going. On. Uh, again, doing, doing lifting some weights, walking every day, this crazy diet. Basically, I'm a vegetarian now. I haven't had any meat, nothing but water. I eat salad every day. Um, yeah, good. It's healthy, but it's not good. I mean, I don't enjoy it, but it's food, so I don't die. But anyways, I got to go. Good night, gentlemen. All right. Night. Have a good one. Talk to y'all later. All right, later. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook 
or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.